Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, coming to you from South Carolina. We are in the beautiful city of Savannah, as you're hearing this, and I am just so excited. I have a fantastic guest and a topic that I am that I truly love and believe in, especially for my audience, who are entrepreneurs and small business owners. Maria Karras is the CEO and founder of Maria Karras Creative Virtual Assistance. It is a training uh, membership program for virtual assistants, and also a matchmaking service for business owners seeking marketing and admin support. After running her own successful virtual assistant agency for seven years, Maria now coaches and mentors new and established virtual assistants through her Inner Circle membership and her coaching programs, courses, and free Facebook community of over 1,500 passion-driven women the start, mark, and grow their virtual assistant community. Okay, she has helped hundreds of women launch as location independent, which is very important for me, virtual assistants, as she has helped over 200 business owners create freedom in their business by matching them with the right fit virtual assistants. Um, Maria has a degree. She has degrees, plural, in media arts, European business, and marketing, and has started her career as a film publicist, working with some of the biggest names in Hollywood. Ooh, I might have to go there a little bit. She recently <laughs> left her leadership role as the world's biggest online streamer to focus on her business full-time. She lives in London, so... Yeah, my boat won't go there. I, I probably make it about 10 hours. And then we try. You should try, Jeff. I know. I'm sure you survive the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, we are not a cross Atlantic vehicle. But <laughs> anyway, she lives in London with her husband, who's also a filmmaker and uh, two, two rambunctious boys. Maria, it's so fun to talk with you. Thanks for coming on my program. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be on your program. I wish I could be on your boat, but like this will have to do. I'll just talk to you from across the pond. <laughs> we get, I get pitched. Oh, I'm it's seriously now about 10, 12 times a week for guests and my show's weekly. So I could quickly go back. And a lot of them, you know, no offense to these types of people, but I can only talk about investments, real estate and this, that, and the other thing. I love marketing. I love entrepreneurial um, conversations. And I love this topic of virtual assistance. I mean, I built one heck of a nice business um, with me, myself, and I being the sole employee and really building a team of virtual assistants, as I, as I mentioned to you. And I first heard the term when I joined a mastermind, I think in 2007, somebody said, hey, we're, I'm getting all this nice. Well, how are you doing that? Well, we use some VAs. What's a VA? <laughs> so that was my, uh, and I was off to the races. So this isn't about me. This is about you. So you you started um, your virtual assistant, I think, seven years ago. What did you do before that, Maria? Before that, well, you said it in the introduction. Thank you very much for such a nice introduction. Um, I worked in film publicity in London. I worked for a big studio um, and I was a young, hungry, full of energy publicist in my early 20s. And it's just what you want when you're 20s. Uh, walking down red carpets, wearing all the fancy dresses. Oh my! Um, 
and it was it was great for that time in my life and and it was a lot of fun and also a lot of hard work and it's not as glamorous as it seems for for a lot of um reasons but that's what i was doing before i started my virtual assistance kind of business um that feels so long ago now but um it it all is all started there that was in london um i'm i'm originally from greece so when I, I moved back to Greece after spending two years in London working as a film publicist, and I moved back where my family was because I wanted to get, my husband had just proposed to me, my fiance rather, and I wanted to get married. I wanted to raise a family near my family. And so I went to Greece during one of the, um, I don't know if you've been to Greece, Jim, but no. um, it's beautiful. You should, you should try to get your boat over to the bed if you can. I don't know. If <laughs> we only hold that. 580 gallons of fuel, so we are not going to get too far. Okay. Well, you should definitely try to sail around the med. It's gorgeous. But um, yeah, so I went back to Greece and um, I'm losing my train of thought here. And it was during one of the, um, the worst financial crises in the, in the country's history. Was it about um, 2008 like we had over here? Was it similar? That's, that's it. It was the it was the, the depression recession that affected the whole world. Okay. Um, so it was during that time in 2000, I think it was 2009, 2000, 2011, I moved back. So it was still kind of in the throes and the aftermath of the really bad, bad depression and recession rather. And there were no jobs to be had. And I, and I was just, there was no jobs in the film industry or publicity or anything like that. So I really had to make my own way. And um, I started looking at blogs and getting into the online space. And, and I really started to, to figure out all these, and discover all these courses and all these wonderful, amazing things online. And I came across the term virtual assistant. And I'm like, wow, I can do this. I can do all of these things. I can... I can manage calendars and inboxes and do Excel spreadsheets and data entry and all of that. And someone will pay me to do it while I'm in my pajamas at home. Like I'm all down for this. Is that what did that most appeal to you? I mean, the fact that you could like have clients all over the place and it wasn't necessarily time dependent, like you got to be there nine to five. Well, exactly. Like I didn't have really high demands or anything. I just wanted to be able to work um, from Greece um, I didn't care where my clients were from. I just wanted to get paid and work from home. And it was the flexibility that really appealed to me that I can work my own hours. I could choose and pick the clients that I worked with and the kind of work that I did. And it was, I was just in love with it. And by working with so many different kinds of clients, and it was mostly coaches, consultants, course creators, things like that. I really got into the world of marketing and I fell in love with it. I became obsessed. So all funnels, blog writing, social media, that was all, I was all over that. So I just, I just made a career out of it. I worked with so many different kinds of clients. And then I started taking on way more work than I could handle myself. Um, so I started building a team of virtual assistants and essentially just turned my one woman show into an agency supporting all kinds of clients all over the world. Now, how did you, I, I want to ask you, how did you get like your first client and your second? I don't mean specifically, but when people want to get into this field or this mm -hmm. niche or industry, I mean, how did you, you know, kind of hang out your shingle, so to speak, to use lawyer language? Well, I went kind of where you'd probably expect to go. I went to job boards, really. I started mm -hmm. on Upwork or um, 
Odesk as it once was. I think it's called Elance now. Yes. And I found my first client from Upwork. And honestly, I was charging $7 an hour. Like, do not do that. This is advice. Do not do not do what I did and charge $7 an hour. And this was in 2011. I think virtual assistance was still a new thing. So I didn't know what I was supposed to be charging. I was just happy to be eating M&Ms out of the bag while I wrote blog posts at home. <laughs> and not picking them out of the nut mix, probably. <laughs> no, no. I was just super happy to be doing that. And yeah, it was a, it was a, a fashion startup on Upwork. And they were, um, it was really exciting. I'm like, wow, I get to be on the inside of this new startup and get to kind of see the insides of their business. And um, and it was amazing. I fell in love with it. And and working with different types of clients, I really saw what worked and what what didn't work for an online business. And I took what I took that and and used what I learned to build my own business, which was. And Maria, invaluable. what kind of clients did you initially get? Like, were they small businesses, or I mean, because a lot of most big corporations don't use VAs. It's usually you know emerging type of businesses. That's right. So it's usually solopreneurs. Um, I would work with wedding planners, photographers, nutritionists, coaches, authors, speakers. So it wouldn't be corporate clients. Um, it would be very much solopreneurs or course creators and things like that. Very cool. Did you, um, after a couple of years, start seeing, for example, oh, I've, I've got like six clients, in, you know, in the coaching space, or I've got a couple of clients in the chiropractic field. I mean, what, did you start seeing any trends in your business initially? Yeah, it was really the trends came about from my own interests. Basically, I started chasing the clients that I really liked working with. And that mm -hmm. was very much coaches and course creators. And um, I really just went after them. And I, I, I pretty much tailored all of my branding, my website copy, my social media to speak directly to those people so that I could attract those kinds of clients. And I really sharpened my skills to kind of complement what they were looking for. And um and, and yeah, it was, it was a trend that I, that I chased basically. And I shaped my business to uh, suit their needs. Folks, that you just heard some really, really good advice there. <laughs> you want to figure out what kind of clients you like and go after them, right? So exactly. even if you started doing something different, you kind of realize, geez, you know what? Uh, realtors really don't like to spend a lot of money, but these people do, <laughs> you know, think about exactly. things like that. So for people who are listening, and again, I've my show's, uh, I'm in my ninth year now, and I mostly serve a, a, a small business and emerging business clientele, solo entrepreneurs. And I used to, many years ago when I was teaching, I even taught on this topic a couple times. Um, this, here's a term that will date me, teleseminar, <laughs> way before <laughs> webinar and Zoom. Um, people would want to know, well, how do you know when you're ready to hire your first virtual assistant? I'm sure you get asked that all the time. How do you answer it? all the time. I love this question because I always tell people hire before you're ready. Because if you want your business to grow, if you want to scale your business, you have to have a team. Like whether it's now, whether it's a year from now, you're going to have to grow a team. So you better get used to working with other people and managing other people. So, so bring somebody on early, early into your business, even if it's just for an hour a week, you want someone in your business early on so that when you do start getting busy, you have somebody to lean on and take some of the pressure off who knows your business inside out. Um, and what are the first steps to doing that? I mean, you said you went to like uh, Upwork and things like that. 
Um, is, is, do you still suggest that? Or, I mean, today the whole virtual assistant industry is pretty darn big. Um, so what's, what's like the first step somebody should take? I think a lot of people will kind of look for recommendations from their friends or business partners and their network or their mastermind. And that's one, a good way to do it. But it, honestly, you just have to be mindful that the a virtual assistant for somebody else might not be the right virtual assistant for you. So you need to be really specific about what you actually need taken off your plate. So really the first step is to figure out what you want to outsource. And then uh, Upwork is a good place, but it is full of people. You get what you pay for. There are a lot of people um, really lowballing their prices there and you're going to get what you pay for. Honestly, I would, if you already have an audience, I would put it out to your audience and see if there's anyone who is in within your, within your audience who would be willing to support you because they know your content, they know your brand. So really they're kind of like already familiar with what you do and what you need. Um, secondly, I would go to somebody like an, an agency. I offer free VA matchmaking. So you can go to somebody like me and we can help you find the, your perfect virtual assistant. Um, and, and really just, yeah, ask around, I guess, but just be very mindful that one, the right VA for somebody else might not be the right VA for you. Let's talk about your matchmaking service, if, if that's the right terminology. Um, how, does, how does that work? Do these people work for you or do you just represent them? Like what, how, does, how does that side of your business work? So I love that you that you like the matchmaking term. I like matchmaking because I feel like when a business owner has their virtual assistant, it's very much a special relationship. You have to think of it as a partnership uh, because they are supporting your business. You have to, I think when you work with a virtual assistant, your personality's gelling is so much more important than sort of the skills that they have or their training because that, that can all be learned. But if your personalities clash or their work ethic isn't a right fit for you, that can kind of make or break the relationship. So I call it matchmaking because it is a very special relationship. Um, what was your question? I completely. Yeah, I was just curious how you how you do that. Like if somebody comes to you, like suppose some one of my listeners comes to your your company and says, hey, I'm looking for somebody. How does that work? I mean, do do you do you have VAs that are part of your inner circle? Like, how do you find people? So I do have I have a, an inner circle membership. So I train every virtual assistant who comes into my membership and I train mm -hmm. them on the skills and the tools that are most requested from from business owners. And um, I teach them how to sort of create contracts, how to um, create um, standard operating procedures so that they're kind of ready to go when it comes to working with clients. And then when clients come to us looking for a virtual assistant, we ask them to fill in a sort of application form. So they tell us exactly what they need, how many hours a week, how much they're willing to pay, where do they want their VA to be based, any other kind of requirements. And then we kind of go through our um, list of virtual assistants and we suggest the best fits for them. And the virtual assistants basically apply to that job. So it's we don't want to be sending um, options that are not a right fit in terms of the VAs not being available. So we basically open up the application to our inner circle members and those who are a good fit and are available will apply, but they've all been trained by me. They kind of have my stamp of approval. And, um, but really it's up to the, to the business owner to, to also vet them 
properly as well. But they do have my training and my stamp of approval. So you're the matchmaker. In other words, if they hire, let's say Susie is in your inner circle and has got a skill that somebody's looking for, you just connect them and it's it's up to them to, to you know, set the terms and, exactly. and payment. So you, you're out of it at that point, if I'm I'm correct. out of it. So I don't take anything from the agreement, <clears throat> um, from the payment that, that the transaction that happens between the two, the inner circle members will, will pay me a monthly subscription fee to continue to get training from me and accountability and, um, and to continue getting job opportunities as well. Oh, that's very cool. What does it take if somebody wants to start a VA business, just be a, a solopreneur? You know, that's one, one of the, I, I, it's hard to talk about a benefit or a good mm-hmm. thing of coming out of the whole pandemic situation, but so many people learned what it's like to work out of the home office. Exactly. Um, I even have a good friend of mine who's got a, a a business got about 50 employees and he swore for the last several years up. Nope. I can't let my employees work out of the home. I want to be there. I want to see what's going on. And now he's like, I'm getting rid of my office. Things have been very good. They're efficient. It's like people have discovered a whole different way of working. Completely. It's this, this has worked. This is this way of working has worked for a long time. And it's, we're all coming to realize how efficient we can all be when we don't have a commute, when we don't have to do small talk by the water cooler with colleagues, um, we're all much more efficient working at home comfortably with snacks on tap. So it's, it's completely true. And, and having a remote team is so much more affordable than, than having sort of full-time employees in an office. Let's talk a little bit about your, um, you said you train and things like that. Do you train people what to charge, how to bill, you know, how to create a program? Like, I'm sure somebody doesn't just want to work for one hour a week for somebody, right? You got to, some kind of packages. Yeah, I do. I do advise that. Well, firstly, I we just need to be conscious of the interests of the business owner as well. And it's important that when they're hiring a VA, that we go through a trial period with their VA where that's where they might work for them for kind of a couple hours a week, maybe for a month. So there's a, it's important that they do a trial period because it's so important that they're a right fit for each other. But then I would recommend that the VA start charging either a retainer or a package, depending on what the business owner needs, so that you have that sort of... Um, that you can depend on the VA to be there um, and not just kind of in it for an hour or two and then off again. Um, you do want that kind of stability. Um, but but yeah, um, just remembering your question again. There are, there's so many, yeah. draw, uh, no, that's a fine. There's so many, there's pluses and minuses to every situation. Like um, some people prefer to have virtual assistants um, 1099 subcontractors, you know, or whatever you want to call them, depending where you where you live, versus a full time employee, you know, a W two employee. What, what? How do you recommend that? Yeah, I mean, with the virtual assistants, it's just so much more flexible. You don't need. It's so expensive to hire a sort of a full time employee, isn't it? So with a virtual assistant, you can really just hire really specialized people to do very specific tasks rather than having kind of them kind kind of do like a, a wide variety of things, you're really hiring specialized people to do something very specific. So in that sense, it's really, um, it's really beneficial to the business owner and you can have a whole team of people who have different specialties. And it's, it's just kind of a win-win for both, I think. Yeah. Um, how should, if you're gonna have a virtual assistant business, 
Do you think, uh, Maria, it's just like every other business, you need to have a full-blown website, some kind of an intake form? I mean, yes, I think definitely. Some, yeah, mm -hmm. I think some people think of VA business is almost, it's even though it could be a lot of, it could be just like a part-time, oh, I don't really need that. I don't need this. I don't need an, you know, an online you know, merchant account. What do you, mm -hmm. what do you, how do you help people set up what I would call a real business? I know there's so much resistance to that. I think when it comes to that, there's so much fear around that. Um, but absolutely, I think if you're going to have a real business, you do need a website, you need an online presence, you do need to kind of take it seriously. Um, and you do need to have an intake form, like you said, is a fantastic suggestion. And those are basically the first things I ask people to do is find out how you're going to get paid, because that is the most important thing. So either get a merchant account, sign up with Stripe, sign up with PayPal, um, and then you can start doing business and then, you know, start thinking about your website once you've got maybe some testimonials, a portfolio to share. Um, but if you can have a website before that, that would be great because you do want to be sending your potential clients somewhere so they can get a better feel for your brand, for what kind of person you are. And it just makes you look so much more professional to have that online space. Yeah. Um, how else do you suggest they market? Do you do videos? Um, what social media, you know, platforms are you on? Well, that's funny. A lot of my virtual assistants in my inner circle, they get most of their clients from referrals. So honestly, the best marketing you can do is just do good work, treat your clients well, and they will refer you to their network. Honestly, um, it's the best marketing you can do is just offering a fantastic client experience, hmm. um, which is why a lot of my virtual assistants, they don't, they don't even have time to go on social media. They don't have time to do other kinds of marketing because they're doing such a good job of taking care of their current clients. But if you are a new virtual assistant and you want to kind of start building your network and your presence online, I would say the best way, my personal favorite is Instagram because it's such a great way to, um, to build, build personal connections and to build a brand. Mm -hmm. If you're comfortable with getting on video and getting on stories and also YouTube is a fantastic way to do tutorials, to show your expertise with different software and programs and kind of constantly put content out there because consistency is key with your content. And again, it's all the usual things. If you can offer, um, if you can start building an email list as well and offering free value every week, that is that is a fantastic way to build your client base and um, tap into that to kind of get clients and referrals. So I've only got like two or three more minutes. I want to try and squeeze in another question. What are some yeah. of the mistakes that um, we'll call them employers, but even though it's not an employer-employee relationship, so, uh, what are some of the mistakes employers from that side of the of the of the desk, so to speak, make when hiring a virtual assistant? One of the mistakes I think they'd make, um, I have a whole list of them, but is they don't have a clear idea of what they want to outsource. And they kind of delay in delegating things because they haven't already kind of decided what they want to outsource. So what, that's one of the things that you need to do before you hire a virtual assistant, get really, really clear on what you want to outsource. Um, another thing that I would recommend um, clients do is they get their procedures and standard, um, sorry, standard operating procedures in place, start creating systems and workflows for everything that you do in your, in your business, whether it's publishing a blog post, a podcast, a social media post, get those steps down and you have kind of a Bible that you can hand over to your virtual assistant and all they need to do is just follow those steps and you're, you're good to go. 
Um, another thing I would say is that they, um, they hire too quickly. So you do need to kiss a lot of frogs to find the right virtual assistant for you. So that's why I recommend trial periods. I know it's kind of timely and laborious, but it's really, really worth it to trial a few people out before you find a good fit for you. Yeah, I would say all the the best VAs that I've had, most of mine have been with me a long time, started with project work. Mm -hmm. In other words, hey, I need a blog writer or I need an editor or I need this or that. And I said, for a project, because I wanted to see how they responded. How did they treat me as a customer? Um, and did they do good work? And then if they did, then I would give them more work. And, you know, you can tell pretty quick when you're going back and forth. Um, how somebody's going to be not only to work for your for your business, but if if then if I had if I move them into like a customer service role where they're going to be interacting with my customers, that was that was really huge. I'm I'm sure part of your training focuses on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's dealing with customers and and creating a great client experience and representing your client as well is so so important and it's such a scary move for a lot of business owners. So definitely, we do a lot of training around that. Very good. Maria, I'm sure people want to uh, uh, connect with you, learn about your matchmaking business. And also <laughs> there are probably some VAs who, who want to um, get trained by you. So why don't you share how they can do that? Yeah, well, everything is on my website, uh, mariacaris.com. I've got information there on how you can tap into our VA matchmaking service. It's completely free. And we have a whole network of virtual assistants who have been trained and are ready to kind of support anyone who needs help. And I also offer a course, an inner circle membership for anyone who wants to start to become a virtual assistant. Um, it's all on my website. It's a monthly subscription. Um, and we also do a mastermind. I have kind of a higher tier, the gold plan, which is for, for business owners and virtual assistants who have, who are making six figures and above. So that's my, that's my special mastermind that I put my heart and soul in. Very good. So mariacaris.com and that's two R's. Uh, thank you so much, Maria. What a fun interview. I, I, I really love this uh, topic because I think, you know, one of the, when I, by the way, that question I asked you earlier is when is it time? One of the things I tell people is it's like, if you've been out hiking or doing something strenuous and your mouth is dry, you should have been drinking already. So if your to-do list is like, is still a to-do list three months from now, you should have hired a VA. <laughs> you should have hired some help already. So it's the, it's my, it's my, you're, if you're thirsty, it's too late message. So exactly. thank you so much for coming on my program. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. It's been really fun. Yeah. So folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Maria Karras. Get in touch with her at mariacaris.com. That's pretty easy. I'm Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. If you're only connected with me here on this podcast, which is hard to believe as long as I've been doing this, get over to getjimpalmer.com. Um, if you're interested in joining my coaching program, it's Dream Biz Coaching, dreambizcoaching.com. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.